1: Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show Podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show.
2: Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Glad to have you with us. In our second hour, we'll feature the Christian Outlook We'll hear a conversation with Tony Ranke. Talking about his book, God, Technology and the Christian Life, Eric Metaxas will talk with Cheryl Atkison. She's a former investigative journalist at CBS News about the legacy media ignoring the findings of special counsel John Durham regarding the uh, spying on President Donald Trump. And Kevin McCullough, one of my associates, uh, will talk with Bob Fu, founder of China Aid. They'll talk about the 2022 Olympic Games in Beijing that come to an end this weekend and the dismal Television ratings. What does that actually mean, if anything? So that's coming up in the second hour of the program. We're going to spend this first um, couple of segments taking a look at the headline news and then we'll look at the lighter side of the news as well. And James Blend from a remote location will join me for that. Well, President Biden today said that he was convinced that Russian President Vladimir Putin has decided to invade Ukraine. These were in comments to reporters at a White House press conference today. Do you have any indication about whether President Putin has made a decision on whether to invade? Do you feel confident that he hasn't made that decision already? A reporter asked, as of this moment, the president responded, I'm convinced he made the decision. We have reason to believe that. Well, shortly afterwards, another reporter asked the president to clarify that statement. To be clear, the president said, you are convinced that President Putin is going to invade Ukraine. Excuse me, the reporter went on to ask, is that what you just said a few moments ago? The president said, yes, I did. Yes. And he added that diplomatic efforts to solve the crisis are still on the table. Well, earlier in the press conference, the president said Russia will likely attack Ukraine within a week or so. We have reason to believe the Russian forces are planning to and intend to attack Ukraine in the coming week, week, not plural, week, in the coming days. Uh, we believe they will target Ukraine's capital of Kiev, a city of 2.8 million innocent people. Well, the president's remarks came hours after the White House blamed Russia for cyber attacks on Ukrainian banks and government institutions earlier this week. And some are speculating this could spark a, a cyber war between Russia, the United States and other European countries. Well, the U.S. and Newberger, who's the deputy national security advisor for cyber and emerging technology, told reporters the U.S. believes that Russian cyber actors likely have targeted the Ukrainian government, including military and critical infrastructure networks, to collect intelligence and preposition to conduct disruptive cyber activities. We believe that the Russian government is responsible for wide scale cyber attacks on Ukrainian banks this week, she went on to say. Well, Russia has between 169,000 to 190,000 troops stationed near the Ukrainian border. That's according to um, U.S. Ambassador Michael Carpenter to the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. Let's pray violence does not break out, although it seems at this point, from what we see, it's very likely that it will. In a case of more, not less, the State Department on Wednesday hit back on Russian claims it's reducing its troop size along the Ukrainian border. Said the U.S. is concerned by a great deal of propaganda and disinformation. Well, earlier this week, Russian officials claimed it would be reducing its forces size along Ukraine's border after amassing at that time roughly one hundred and fifty thousand. That number has increased. They've deployed 30,000 soldiers into neighboring Belarus as well. In an effort at manufacturing a situation, former Trump campaign foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos reacted to special counsel John Durham's latest filing in an exclusive interview that the original uh, Trump-Russia probe was about manufacturing a situation. A Michigan County board stopped holding prayers before legislative meetings last month and a Christian conservative legal organization argued that the board caved under incomplete information from a secularist nonprofit, despite the Supreme Court's repeated approvals of the longstanding practice. Well, in a mask timeout, the family of a fourth grade elementary school student in New Jersey said that their daughter, Macy Young, was put into an adjoining room next to the nurse's office recently when the child would not wear a mask at school. After the incident, the daughter was sent home from the school that day. Well, the head of the Federal Aviation Administration is stepping down. Stephen Dickinson, a former pilot and executive with Delta Airlines, cited separation from his family during the coronavirus pandemic as his reason for resigning. He led the agency since uh, August of 2019, He reportedly told the president it's time to go home. A group of of House Republicans, rather, wrote to the president warning against another nuclear deal with Iran, saying such a deal without lawmakers' approval would meet the same fate as former President Barack Obama's deal with the country. In other news, Prince Andrew will never be restored to a position on the balcony. After after he settled a sexual abuse lawsuit with accuser Virginia Guffrey, according to the Hollywood publicist Corey Hay, he will not... um, Hold the position he once enjoyed. CNN loathes Cuomo now. Former CNN anchor Chris Cuomo is loathed within the network he was once the face of as his stormy exit continues to generate casualties. And construction inflation, like many consumers, U.S. home builders are feeling an inflation pinch as the industry. St- nav uh, stares down rising costs and ongoing supply chain delays california governor gavin newsom outlined the state's plan on thursday to formally shift to an endemic approach to learn to live with the coronavirus the state is the first to officially make a blueprint for waning virus nearly 2 years after the pandemic was declared by the world health organization and it will eschew lockdowns and mask mandates in favor of prevention and quick reaction That said, the school mask mandate, the school mask mandate, will remain in place for now. An announcement on the 28th of this month will let parents know when students will be able to remove their masks. Asian parents in the deep blue city of San Francisco voted overwhelmingly to recall three progressive school board members by prioritizing uh, woke politics over education. Their successful effort drew national media attention and was supported by the black Democrat mayor of the city. Predictably, the author of a, author rather, of a CNN opinion piece is instead blaming right-wing racism for the parents' victory. A growing number of medical professionals, parents and elected officials have come out against mask mandates as COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations decline. But many liberal pundits and journalists continue to call for Americans to keep their faces covered or are committed to the practice themselves. Well, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll continue to take a look at some of the day's headlines and we'll look at uh, some of the lighter side of the news as well in the second half of this first hour. We'll be back.
1: You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
2: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. On this Friday afternoon, when New York Attorney General Letitia James appeared to celebrate a court order that former President Donald Trump and two of his children have to testify under oath in the state's civil investigation into his business practices. And the Senate passed short-term legislation Thursday to avert a government shutdown, sending it to the president's desk for his expected signature. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is endorsing Harriet Hageman in her Wyoming primary challenge. To Representative Liz Cheney, it's a rare move by a sitting party leader to back an attempt to unseat one of his members. Russia is still building up troops near Ukraine. And as mentioned earlier, the president fully expects that Russia will invade Ukraine in a matter of days. Black Lives Matter posted bail for a man who tried to shoot a mayoral candidate. From that story, Brown, who's 21, allegedly opened fire with a handgun inside the Democratic mayoral candidate's office in Butchertown on Monday, grazing his uh, sweater with a bullet. Neither the candidate nor any of the five members of his staff present was harmed. Brown was arrested shortly after, charged with attempted murder and four counts of wanton endangerment, and detained downtown in the Metro Department of Corrections. More than two years ago, he had advocated gun control in his writing, calling lawmakers in the Kentucky State Senate sellouts to the National Rifle Association in an article for The Courier-Journal. While Hillary Clinton lashed out at Donald Trump and Fox News over the Durham revelation, she tweeted and then spoke on the subject for the first time. More House Democrats are bailing on the 2022 election. Ed Morrissey points out how many more House Democrats plan to spend more time with their families. 30 incumbents have already chosen retirement, one of the highest numbers in, uh, in decades as it is. With time running out on the recruitment window, Democrats can't afford too much more. But Punchbowl reports... Uh, what the that the exit was not yet reached or has not yet reached its conclusion. According to a new poll, the economy is the top concern of the public. Climate change, the uh, Democrat politicians top priority lands at number 14, just above race. The other Democratic politician issue and the myriad of breakdowns, men and women both list strengthening the economy as the top priority. President Biden is pushing black voters out of the Democrat Party. Uh, Joe uh, Biden won 92 percent of black voters in 2020, no doubt benefiting from having been Mr. Obama's vice president. But it's been a downhill ride since then. The president's job approval rating among all voters has fallen. But among blacks, which he is utterly dependent upon, it has been cratering. An NBC News poll last month found that black support for the president, which stood at 83 percent last April, has dropped to 64 percent. A Quinnipiac survey released around the same time showed a 22 point decline in black supporters for Mr. Biden during his first year in office and a CNN poll from last week puts black approval of the president's job at 69 percent. Democrats know they can't win elections without much higher levels of uh, black support. Unvaccinated Rams fans have not been invited to an outdoor Super Bowl celebration, despite the fact that the uh, a crammed indoor event called the Super Bowl was filled with unmasked celebrities. Well, the Canadian prime minister is accusing a Jewish member of associating with Nazis. He continues to inflame the situation with his comparisons. The other side of the chamber erupted in response, prompting Speaker of the House of Commons, Anthony Rota to in- interrupt in an attempt to restore order. He also admonished all, including the right honorable prime minister, to avoid inflammatory language in the House. Nearly half of Go Send Go, or rather Give Send Go donations for Canadian truckers who are disbanding at this moment, came from the U.S. Meanwhile, a hacker released the names so the woke could harass them. A new HIV variant is more infectious and severe. From that story, the new strain called the VB variant damages immune systems, weakens people's ability to fight everyday infections and diseases much more faster, uh, much faster rather than the previous HIV strains according to scientists. It also means that people who contract the new variant may develop AIDS faster. Researchers also found that VB has a viral load, the amount of virus detected in the blood, 3.5 to 5.5 times higher than the current strain, indicating that it could also be more infectious. Democrat polling in comprehensive House districts reveals a disaster in, in, uh, in the is coming in 2022 in the midterms. The poll found that 57% of voters in, Competitive congressional districts agree with the statement Democrats in Congress have taken things too far in their pandemic response. Sixty six percent of self-defined swing voters in competitive districts agree with that statement. Later, it gets worse in swing districts. Sixty four percent agreed that the uh, statement that Democrats in Congress support defunding the police and taking more cops off the street. The internal poll found that 80 percent of self-defined swing voters in competitive districts agreed with the same statement. Trudeau is now arresting caravan organizers. Some decided to leave with honor. I have to see what's going on at this moment. American truckers are planning a U.S. freedom convoy, perhaps next week, which may be too late. I should say next month. Amazon has suspended BLM from its charity platform due to its failure to disclose where tens of millions in donations it received nearly two years ago have ended up. Remember when Amazon adored them? From another story, BLM has uh, turned to Hillary Clinton's controversial campaign lawyer, the operative who commissioned the notorious Steele dossier to sort out the nonprofit's questionable finances. The Olympics ratings continue to sink. Americans aren't ready to ignore the. Problems in China, even if NBC is. Another story points out NBC coverage of the 2022 Winter Olympics has minimized the Uyghur genocide, despite 200 human rights organizations and eight governor, uh, governmental bodies, including Canada, the U.S., Holland, and U.K., Lithuania, uh, Czech Republic, Belgium, and France, declaring that the People's Republic of China has committed atrocities against ethnic Uyghurs and other minority groups. A California Democrat has introduced a Bill of Rights for Cats and Dogs. According to the act, dogs and cats have the right to be respected as satient, um, or sentient, rather, being that experience complex feelings that are common among living animals while being unique to each individual animal. Dogs and cats are more valued than unborn babies in this country right about now. Well, China is apparently spying on Olympians with an app. All are forced to install. Well, the Chinese government is requiring all Olympic athletes to download an app called My 2022 during the Games. But while the communists claim the app is intended to help limit the spread of the coronavirus, a more menacing plan has been hatched. The app can secretly record whatever you communicate. Jonathan Scott, a cybersecurity expert, posted portions of the app's code to Twitter with a chilling warning. I can definitely say all Olympian audio is being collected, analyzed and saved on Chinese servers. The app reportedly uses technology from the Chinese company I-F-L-Y-T-E-K, which has been um, blacklisted by the U.S. government. Even so, the company spent nearly three million dollars between 2019 and 2021 lobbying The D.C. Swamp. Well, the brand is so toxic, Democrats fear their own extinction in rural America. That's a quote. And Democrats to Biden, it's time to make changes at the White House. Off on the wrong foot, Mayor uh, Eric Adams ripped the press, claiming that white journalists misrepresent him. The new Seattle mayor is calling for more police officers. And two transgender swimmers posted the fastest split times in the Ivy League championships. Women were left behind. President Biden says, as a U.S. diplomat is expelled there, is every indication Russia is prepared to attack Ukraine. And here comes $7 gas prices, warns an oil strategist. Republican Congressman Jim Hagedorn, uh, who had kidney cancer, has died at 59. John Durham is standing by his snooping evidence in the case against Democrat lawyer Michael Sussman. The Biden administration is being sued over a Missouri pro Second Amendment law and The Washington Post slurs Justice Thomas for, in their words, thinking like a white man. Because if you happen to be a minority, African-American in particular, you are subscribed to certain way of thinking. And if you um, choose to think for yourself or outside that assigned um, box, then you are considered something other than black. It is so offensive and annoying. It's uh, very similar to slavery of the mind. Well, in the case of the end of Roe, uh, Roe states, um, red states are preparing to enact abortion restrictions, and former NBA baller Ennis Cantor Freedom has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. And in a bit of humor, a man donated to the truck convoy under the name of Hunter Biden, so the Washington Post won't dox him. Hmm couple of uh, events this day in history, 1546, Martin Luther, leader of the Protestant Reformation in Germany, dies in Eisenleben. Um 1930, photographic evidence of Pluto is discovered by Clyde W. Tombaugh at Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona. It's now designated as a dwarf planet uh the 1972 the California Supreme Court strikes down the state's death penalty and 1977 the space shuttle prototype enterprise sitting atop a Boeing 747 goes on its debut flight above Edwards Air Force Base in California 1988 Anthony M Kennedy is sworn in as an associate justice of the US Supreme Court and finally in the year 2009 on this day in history Pope Benedict receives House Speaker Nancy Pelosi at the Vatican um telling her that Catholic politicians have a duty to protect life at all stages of its development. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in the next couple of segments, I'll be joined by James Blend from a remote location. And we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news.
1: You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
2: We're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show as we shift to the lighter side of the news. Speaking of which, James Blend joins us from a remote location, and no, under no circumstance will I reveal his location, even if I'm threatened with torture. Hey, James. Uh,
3: Georgine, I'm at home. <laughs> what? You, you just moved? I the know whole... we're looking for somewhere really interesting to put me, but uh, yeah, I just want to be at home. I thought you were going
2: to be in the witness protection program somewhere. That would be cooler. Yeah, that would be. Let's go with that. Okay. Okay. You're at home in the witness protection program. Anyway, I know you're a bit under the weather, so I appreciate you joining us from that remote location, the location of which I will not disclose. uh, Well, I'd rather you
3: didn't give my home address away. That's appreciated, (laughs) actually.
2: Yeah, you can go to the Georgine Rice Show Facebook page for all the details about where James happens to be. Okay, maybe not. Anyway, here's our first story. Jilted lovers take revenge by naming cockroaches for Valentine's Day. Really? Just get over it. Oh, Never mind cutting up their clothes or chucking out their belongings. Now, jilted lovers can take revenge by naming a cockroach after their ex for Valentine's Day. Now, this is a little bit late, um, but requests have um, already been flooding in from all over the world to the Hemsley Conservation Center and southeastern England, which runs the project as a fundraiser. If you've had a particularly nasty breakup and you need to pick me up, it's a, or need a pick me up, it's a good way to have a little giggle to yourself or with your friends. The center is also open to politicians' names being offered for the roach board. All names are welcome, and it's all to raise money for the projects that we're doing here at the zoo. So, um, I I can't even imagine this is very satisfying. The person doesn't know you've done it. It's a cockroach. You don't get the thing. It's just It's a fundraising. Yeah, I think
3: I I saw something about this last year, and I kind of – same thing. It's kind of like those TV ads you see where you buy a star for a friend. (laughs) Yeah. You're never going to see that star. That star probably secretly has 8,000 other names. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. But it's – But a cockroach to me – This. I'm not Mr. Romance, but that's nowhere near romantic to me.
2: (laughs) Well, it's not intended to be, so you're on the right page. Well, I've got good news. The Portland Pickles mascot has been recovered. Dylan T. Pickle, mascot for the Portland Pickles uh, collegiate baseball team, has been returned after being stolen earlier this month. He was anonymously dropped off outside Voodoo Donuts on Wednesday, the team announced in a press release, The mascot costume was a little more worn for the wear, but still in good condition, the team said. We are so happy to have Dylan back. That's a quote from Portland Pickles co-owner Alan Miller in a statement. It's incredible to see our community come together to get the word out about our missing pickle. We would not have had him back if it wasn't for the amazing people of Portland and the Pickles fans around the world. Well, the team previously announced um, on the 9th of this month that the mascot costume had been stolen after being placed in a checked duffel bag. Uh, They got lost on the way back from a trip to the Dominican Republic. Well, Delta Airlines eventually found that bag. They dropped it off at the Pickles headquarters in southeast Portland. But the drop off was after hours and someone swiped the bag from the front porch early on uh, in the the morning. Well, the news of Dylan's kidnapping uh, was met with an outpouring of tongue-in-cheek messages to support the uh, sports teams and elected officials, as well as a large degree of skepticism and eye-rolling due to the mascot's history of ill-advised social media stunts. Well, the team insists that the theft was, in fact, a real theft. It was not a joke, and Portland police confirmed that the team had filed a police report. Well, the team's upcoming season will begin the 31st of May and uh, at Walker Stadium in Portland's Lentz Park. And Mr. Pickle will be present.
3: Boy, I hope somebody has told the Hillsborough Hobbs to, you know, maybe put your mascot under lock and key. Hire a security team because people are out in the metro looking for mascots.
2: Apparently so. If
3: I was Blaze, I'd be hiding.
2: Is that the know. name of the thing?
3: Uh, Blaze is uh, Blazers. Oh, and what's... Uh, barley that? is hops? Oh, barley. Okay, you can see, I'm really into it. Yeah. Well, you know, I know you're you in sports, Paul.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, an Air Asia flight was diverted after passengers spotted a snake on their plane. No, not the movie, an actual snake on the plane. Well, the uh, passengers um, had the trip rerouted after seeing the thing in a video shared on TikTok, which I'm not a subscriber to. Um, uh, one of the users illustrated what appears to be a long snake that can be seen slithering through an overhead light fixture. In the caption, the user wrote that the flight, which was headed from Malaysian capital of Kuala Lumpur to another area, had uh, to instead make an emergency landing in Kuching, according to the translation of the text. Well, AirAsia did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Uh, However, the airline's chief security officer confirmed the incident in a statement uh, to CNN twerk. apparently that's a place. Air Asia is aware of the incident that occurred on the flight uh, from Kuala Lumpur on Thursday. As soon as the captain was notified, the plane was diverted to Kuching to be disinfected. Well, he went on to state that the uh, that neither passengers nor guests were in danger. Of course, I would have been a danger to myself under those circumstances. Passengers were able to continue their journey to um, to I or whatever The location was that same day, multinational news network CNA reported. Well, still, travelers with the upcoming flights had no need to worry that their vacations may turn into a real-life version of stakes on a plane. In a statement obtained by CNA, Ling, the director, noted that what happened on Thursday's um, place is not a common occurrence. This is a very rare incident which can occur on any aircraft uh, from time to time. Now, it's been viewed, the video, more than two million times, and I still haven't found um, a description of what the uh, the snake was. It's not the first time snakes have been found on, uh, on passenger flights. In 2019, a woman traveling home from Scotland um, to Scotland from Australia encountered a nasty surprise when she went to unpack and found a snake curled up in her luggage. That would have pretty much ended it for me. There was even an occasion when a pilot had to conduct an emergency landing after finding a snake in the cockpit, again, terrifying all. Oh, I'm probably going to need counseling
3: now. The the, the, the worst ones for me were a couple of years ago, when, and I'm sure it's still happening, but with people traveling less, it's not covered. Um, and this has been domestically where you see um, scorpions show up on flights.
2: Yeah, I'm not as afraid of a scorpion as I am a snake, but that would not be good.
3: Oh, that's because you've eaten one, haven't you?
2: I actually have. Tastes like french fry. There you go. Yeah. There you have it. Well, weighing a whopping 289 grams, translate, more than a half a pound, the Titanic strawberry this week was declared the world's largest by Guinness World Records. Uh, came from Israel. After a year-long jam, a mammoth Israeli strawberry is entering the record books. Well, the strawberry was uh, picked um, in, at a residence, a farm, near the city of Netanya in central Israel in February. Of Last year, but only this week, Guinness confirmed it as the heaviest on record. Uh, We waited for a year for the results, said the owner. Uh, We kept it in the freezer for a year. It's uh, no longer as pretty as it was. In fact, I noted it looked a little off. Well, the supersized strawberry is a local variety called Ilan uh, that tends to grow to a hefty size. The owner said the record setting specimen has shrunk uh, to about half the size it was a year ago. Uh, The previous record holder for the heaviest strawberry was uh, Japanese fruit grown in 2015 in uh, Fukioka that tipped the scales at 250 grams or 8.8 ounces. Well, the weight turned out to be fruitful, pun intended. The owner, Ariel, said that he jumped up and down in his car, laughed and sung when he got the news. We are very happy to be the Guinness World Record holders for the heftiest, the heaviest strawberry on record.
3: I'm really kind of surprised here that in the year in the freezer, it didn't crash into some ice cubes, split in half and sink. After all, it is the Titanic strawberry.
2: Moving along. I'm thinking about giving out your home address. Oh. A small boat launched in October of last year by some New Hampshire middle school students and containing photos, fall leaves, acorns, State quarters has been found 462 days later by a sixth grader in Norway. That's pretty cool. Well, the six-foot-long decorated um, rye riptide is uh, decorated with artwork from the kids, equipped with a tracking device that went silent for parts of the journey, was found on the first of this month in Smøla, a small island um, in Norway. The Portsmouth Herald reported it's lost its hull and keel, Uh, on the 8,300-mile journey and was covered in gooseneck barnacles, but the deck and cargo hold was still intact. The students um, who found it uh, took the boat to his school and um, to his classroom. They eagerly opened it last week. The school in Norway plans a call with the Rye Junior high uh, High School students fairly soon. When you're sending it out and you have no idea where it's going to end up, how it's going to get there, if it ends up anywhere at all, said the executive director of Education Passages, a main nonprofit that began working with schools on the project back in 2018. But these kids that put their hopes and dreams and wishes into it, well, they got precisely what they hoped for. Uh, And it really helped them to learn and now to make a connection with their Norwegian counterparts. That's a pretty cool story.
3: It reminds me of when I was a kid and we'd have balloons the schoolyard, and they tie the postcards to them. Then, you had the stamp on it already, in hopes that someone would see the card and send it back. So you see how far it went. I never got one back. It's yeah, exactly sorry. A, I'm sorry to hear that. It's a sad point for me. It is. Yeah.
2: Well, a serial Guinness World Record breaker from Australia recaptured his former record by arranging six M and M's into a vertical stack. Okay. The 22-year-old, who apparently had nothing better to do, previously stacked four M&Ms. That was way back in 2020, equaling the record originally set by an Italian and making him the joint holder of that title. But he was not satisfied to share the title. The record was broken in June of 2021 when British, a British man uh, created a stack of five M&Ms. And a man in Italy became a joint holder of the record when he equaled the total the following month. Well, Mr. Kelby, he recaptured the title by stacking six M&Ms into a tower that stood for at least 10 seconds at his home in Queensland. I've decided to break this record because I'm a serial record breaker and I'm a versatile world record holder. I guess that passes as an accomplishment. Well, the Australian's other records include most drumstick flips in one minute, longest duration spinning a basketball on a pair of spectacles, tallest tower of dice stacked on the back of a hand in 30 seconds while blindfolded most dice stacked into a tower in 30 seconds while blindfolded and longest duration spinning a basketball on the nose 9.57 seconds
3: you know over the years we've talked about a lot of these records and wanting to do one ourselves it's people like this that maybe me just not want to well, I mean... That is too sad.
2: Well, it's just nonsense. You hold the record at doing something of no value. But you have a record. So there you have it. Speaking of record, and this is unrelated, but I'm making a segue here. Speaking of record, we need to take a break. Sam says so. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show.
1: You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast is aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
2: Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. James Flynn has joined me to take a look at the lighter side of the news. He is um, at a remote location. That's all I'm going to say. No matter how often you ask me whether or not you threaten to torture me, I won't tell you that he's at home. Okay. Well, eight I've been year-
3: enjoying the word sequestered.
2: Oh, sequestered. I like that. Yeah. Eight year old Dylan Helbig has become a national sensation after hiding a homemade comic book in a library and getting it published. It's called Christmas, C R I S M I S. It came early for this uh pint size comic book scribe. Many kids fantasize about being famous comic book authors at you know, pretty young age. However, one Idaho second grader actually achieved that dream after he snuck his homemade graphic novel into a local library library rather and got it published. Well, now the 81 page story is flying off the shelves and has even inspired other young novelists to follow suit. I'm getting my crayons out. I'll tell you that. I wanted to put my book in the library center since I was five. He uh, told um, Good Morning America. He's eight. Of his unorthodox self-publishing scheme, the aspiring scribe had reportedly spent four days writing and illustrating his magnum opus, Four Days, The Adventures of Dylan Helberg's Christmas, C-R-I-S-M-I-S, which tells the fictitious tale of how Dylan travels back in time after the star atop his Christmas tree explodes. You going to run out and get one now, James?
3: Probably not
2: yeah, his eighty one page eighty one page opus he spent four days writing and illustrating it. Uh, I wanted people to read it, explained the amateur author, who has uh, reportedly been churning out comic book style works since he was five. However, as Dylan did not have a book deal lined up, the miniature Alan Moore surreptitiously stashed the sole copy of Christmas uh in the fiction section of the a d a a community library. He was visiting there with his grandma. Well, during the top secret uh, opportunity, the tyke was reportedly forced to sneak past the librarians, uh, put his back against the uh, shelf and slip the comic in among the other titles. Well, Dylan and his mom um, say that the, uh, the whole effort uh, has really paid off. Obviously he's been published and he's being interviewed by the New York Times uh, and you know, the the kid is now famous.
3: Have you, have you ever tried to sneak a book into the library? <laughs> no, I have not. I did once.
2: Was it a book that you it was had checked
3: overdue? out? Yeah, it was, yeah, but it was a little overdue. Oh, I see. And, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, maybe about 10 years overdue. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know I still had it. Found it. it was, I was like, I'll just sneak it in. So where did you put, put it, it? back where it was.
2: Back where it belonged? Yes. Where it would have uh, been had you not checked it out 10 years ago. Exactly. Hmm. I don't know. I feel compelled to report you to the authorities.
3: Outside the, uh, it, statute of limitations.
2: <laughs> Outside the whatchamacallit. I tell
3: that story knowing full well nothing can happen to me for it.
2: Oh, I'll check on that. You never know. Well, last Wednesday was National Popcorn Day. And what better way to celebrate than by learning about the history of this delicious snack? I missed it. I didn't realize Wednesday was National Popcorn Day. Well, according to the popcorn board, and yes, there's a popcorn board, the oldest known ears of corn that were popped are from the 4,000 years ago and were discovered in current day New Mexico. In 1948 and 1950, respectively. Meanwhile, History.com reported in 2018 that there were traces of popcorn in 1,000-year-old Peruvian tombs. Popcorn was also significant to the Aztec people for eating uh, ceremonies, decorations, according to the Popcorn Board. I wonder what you have to do to become a member of the Popcorn Board. Well, the snack became a common food in American households by the mid-1800s, according to History.com. Popcorn was popular for late night snacks by the fire and at picnics and other occasions in the 19 rather 1890s Charles Crestors he created the first pop, uh, popcorn popping machine and by 1900 he created a horse drawn popcorn wagon which led to mass consumption of the snack well, popcorn didn't hit movie theaters until the great depression can you imagine a movie without the popcorn that's according to the Smithsonian Magazine. In fact, the movie theaters that started selling popcorn were able to survive the Great Depression, while other movie theaters had to close because of poor sales. Well, the first microwave popcorn bag was patented by General Mills in '81, according to history.com. Today, Americans consume 15 billion quarts of popcorn per year, according to you guessed it, the Popcorn Board. Now, are you guys popcorn eaters?
3: Uh, yeah. Selena and Verity more so than me but I enjoy some good popcorn especially um the the sweet uh, kettle corn oh yeah um that's my favorite also like a good parmesan garlic seasoning on my popcorn sometimes
2: that sounds good i put brewer's yeast that tastes kind oh, of good. cheesy yeah. and then i yeah. put lemon pepper uh, a little butter to help it s- stick together um and salt oh and then i add um Pecans. really good.
3: Oh, we're so having a movie night someday. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds real good. Well, everybody's. A- now. Uh, what's that? Said I'm hungry now. Yeah.
2: Everyone's afraid of something. At least that's what they say. Or a lot of somethings. But fear isn't the same thing as true phobia. A phobia consists of a persistent fear or avoidance, avoidance rather, of a specific stimulus. Well, there are all kinds of phobias out there, and I thought we could. Uh, Maybe review a few of them to see if they fit.
3: Oh, there boy. is the
2: taphophobia. It's the fear of being buried alive.
3: You know, I don't know that I call that a fear of bio, but I don't think there's many people that say, hey, <laughs> that'd be fun to do.
2: I'd like to be buried alive. How about isotrophia? It's the fear of mirrors or more specifically of seeing one's own reflection in a mirror.
3: There are days I'd rather not, but again, not obsessive.
2: Yeah, I'm not really fearful of the mirror. I'm fearful of the image that's reflected back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What about ombrophobia? That's the fear of rain. You could not be an Oregonian. You couldn't live in the Pacific Northwest and have ombrophobia. This wouldn't work.
3: No, you'd last here from July to August, and then you'd be gone. Uh, let's see. There's the... Um,
2: phonophobia it's an abnormal and unwarranted fear of sound okay i'll i'll be quiet in case anybody has that numerophobia can you guess that one
3: fear of numbers
2: fear of numbers there is the um
3: i had a fear of math class does that mean the same thing
2: i think everyone has that one oh, okay i think we're genetically predisposed with a few exceptions to be fearful of um of that Let's see, mimrosophobia. It's the fear Mm -hmm. of ants. A-N-T-S, not A-U-N-T-S. The term is usually applied to species of plants that recoil or don't respond well in the presence of insects. But people can have it too. Ants, ants everywhere, ants. Uh, Let's see, there is um, ephobrophobia the fear of teenagers or adolescents. Now, that may end up being something that you uh, experience as your daughter gets older.
3: Yeah, I, I've said a couple of times, and I say this in absolute jest, but it could become true eventually. <laughs> I, I just don't like kids except my own.
2: Wow, that's quite and, a statement. You know,
3: it's, and it's a joking statement more than anything else, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling when the teen years hit, They got the potential to turn a cute little joke into uh, something I need to work on.
2: Well, there you go. What about this one? It's aerophobia, the fear of fresh air.
3: I wouldn't have guessed that's what that one was.
2: Yeah. I I mean, what would be fearful about fresh air? Now, if it was fetid air or uh, smoke in the air, I could see that being a fearful thing. Um, How about electrophobia? The fear of chickens or hens.
3: See, I would have guessed that was a fear of the late Great Jeopardy host.
2: Electrophobia. <laughs> what about am- It sounds very like it. It does. Amethro- amethophobia. The fear of dust. Now, if I had that fear, I'd have to leave my house because I don't dust nearly often enough. What about globophobia? The fear of balloons.
3: Oh, I wouldn't do good with that one either.
2: And then there's phobophobia. That's the fear of fear itself. Who I actually think I have zoophobia. You can probably guess what that one is.
3: Uh-huh. And uh-huh.
2: Yeah, the fear of animals. What about emetophobia? The fear of vomiting.
3: Again, one of those things I don't think anyone looks forward to it.
2: Yeah, well, there are others. We'll leave it at that ergophobia is the fear of work and with the weekend looming i might just develop that fear at least until tuesday we get the holiday off here so we're going to share one of the best of the Georgine rice show um, shows and we'll be back live and in studio on tuesday coming up uh, after news and traffic here at the top of the hour we've got the christian outlook with tony ranke talking about his book god technology and the christian life uh cheryl atkison will find uh, uh, some comments on Special Counsel Durham's um, perspective on what's been uh, revealed, and finally Bob Fu from China Aid on the Beijing Olympics. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show.
1: Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G Rice Show. And like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for Critical Times on 93.9 KPDQ